a new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. Depression edition. edition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to. Was do quite this an exciting intro. That, that I just got all of my. I'm trying to channel my sadness into just pure energy, and it could go, it could just break me, to be honest. But welcome everybody to the Azerbaijan Grand Prix podcast. Katie's back with her periodic table mug. Yeah. Very nerdy, but there we go. Was your holiday all right? It was good, thank you. Just nice to spend time away from my laptop. My dad got married, which was, I guess, nice. Probably shouldn't have put things in that order. Maybe shuffle it around a bit. But yeah, it was good. And Baku Grand Prix was able to watch that from a distance and not work, which was very strange. But I watched your Twitch watch along and you hey. guys were brilliant. Wow. So oh, thank you. Drop that in the uh, drop that in <laughs> convo already. So as Katie says, we are now doing all our watch alongs over on Twitch. So if you want to go follow us, link in the description. Um but yeah, we'll be doing practice live watch alongs, quality watch alongs, race watch alongs. It was quite fun, wasn't it? Well, I say it was fun Tommy until about <laughs> whenever Leclerc retired. Um but it was uh, it was good fun. Um, it was. So, so yeah, uh we're also joined by Team WTF1 who are watching this live. They've just had 10 minutes of very weird preamble before uh, the podcast, but you get to see that if you're a, a, a member of Team WTF1. So go to WTF1.com forward slash Team WTF1 if you want to get involved in these live podcasts. We do events as well. Uh, we've got a Discord and all sorts. So yeah, go check that out. And also this podcast is once again sponsored by Elgato, our season-long partners and making us almost sound like professionals with all this great equipment. But unfortunately, then we start speaking and then everyone realizes we're not. Anyway, moving swiftly on to some three-word race reviews. The Moving Bricks underscore YT, Baku failed us. Finn underscore Green underscore 17, liked by Gasly. Why has everyone got underscores in their name? My underscore name underscore is underscore James underscore. My back hurts. And Addy underscore Pandu 2303, how turn tables. Baku failed us. That's a bit bit harsh, I think. I I mean... Slightly, slightly harsh. Of course, there was that amazing Gasly social media post that uh, Alfa Tauri did, which won um, social media team championship on uh, Internet's best reactions. I don't know if James's back hurts, but Lewis's certainly does. And how the turntables. Interesting. Right. OK, so shall we? I think we just get it out the way. OK, we just we just talk about it. I can then go off the podcast and you two can just have a chat for the rest of, of the of the pod. Does that sound OK? Let's start Nothing. a therapy. Come on. Okay, yeah, big therapy. Right, my three-word race review is Ferrari, my heart. 
does it need any explanation? Does it really? It I does. Mean... Please explain. Great. Well, of course, Leclerc gets pole again. Feels like he gets pole every Saturday, pretty much. He's had four poles in a row. Um, of course, Perez then did him off the line. And you're thinking, okay, all right, a little bit, little bit upsetting, but potentially can get it back. And then I felt like Ferrari did a decent strategy and gave me hope again. And Leclerc was in the lead by about 13 odd seconds, of course, had slightly more worn hard tyres. But at the same time, the dream was on. And then that shot. Ah. You would have seen it live on Twitch, as I mentioned, but we have also put the clip out there on social media if you haven't seen it. I'm not usually stunned for words. Tommy was the one leading what had gone on because I was just in absolute disbelief that uh, Leclerc's engine had gone. And I thought that Ferrari would mess it up at some point. Didn't think it would be this quick because Leclerc was leading the championship by 34 points after Australia. We now leave Baku and he's 34 points behind. How? How have they done this so quickly to me? Oh my gosh. Well, I'm quite glad I wasn't on the watch long, to be honest, because I don't know if on Twitch you can swear like you can't like not on do on YouTube. But the amount of profanities that came out of my mouth when I saw that shot of Leclerc in trouble, I thought, oh, my God, Matt's going to die because I, you were like on a minute delay. And I was just constantly watching, waiting for it to come up on the Twitch. But yeah, the poor kid can't catch a break. That's the third consecutive race that the win has come away from him whether and none of them are his fault either which is also what's even more heartbreaking that's a potential 75 points that he's lost out on in the last three races alone and yeah just so disappointing to know that he's lost another chance of a race win to help make the title fight more exciting obviously it was an engine failure for Charles break by white issue for Carlos and after the race Bonotto said that Ferrari didn't really have any answers, but yeah, like, um, what was the person? Um, Adi Pandu 2303 said how the tables have turned or how the turntables, I get that little office reference. So that's very good. But um, yeah, the start of the season, obviously it was Red Bull, which were the ones that were so unreliable and Ferrari were scooting off into the sunset and it looked like this could be their year. And then the cracks have started to show when it's sort of almost been flipped up on its head. Red Bull still have a few um, issues here and there, which we'll talk about later. But yeah, what a terrible, another terrible weekend for Ferrari. Thanks for Ferrari fan. He's seen enough. He's off. Um, he's off. Uh, yeah, Bye. I should I should sit here, obviously. You know, I could quite easily be like, oh, ha-ha, Leclerc's retired and Verstappen's won again. But it is a shame because it has... Not only did it rob us of an exciting race, it robbed us of a, a well, it's not robbed us of, but it's it's probably not great for the championship. You could argue that it's now two all with the kind of DNFs, if you like, uh, with Leclerc and Verstappen. They've both had their their failures now, but it's still a shame for the title because obviously uh, we want to see them battling on track together. We don't want it just to come down to reliability from both of them. We want the action like we had in Saudi um, where they're actually on track together and fighting. It looked like we might get that, but alas, no. Uh, And the fact that, like Katie said, three races in a row now, Spain failure, Monaco is the strategy, Baku failure. Um, That's a damn lot of points that he's lost. 
Cool. Thanks so much for that roundup, Tommy. That's that's made me feel a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I could get into, well, actually, no, it's too old for DNFs, but Leclerc's lost more potential points from the positions that he's DNF from. I'm not going to go down that route. He has. Yeah, a little, a little bit. Yeah. Some a little bit. Not, not a lot, but a few, I'd say. Probably about 14, I'd say, if I'm... Uh, uh, what are we saying then? So... Spain, obviously, DNF'd. Spain, DNF, he's definitely winning that. Yeah. And uh, he was maybe. Imola's kind of lost himself a few points. But Imola was. Imola was his, but yeah, but, that's fine. But that uh, race, that race, Baku we is up will for never debate. know. Yeah, yeah. Baku's up for debate. Max was definitely finishing second in Melbourne. I'll mm-hmm. 100% agree with that. Uh, and then Bahrain, Leclerc's probably winning, finishing. but yeah, it's not. Well, I don't know. You might have got. There was yeah. a safety car restart there, wasn't there? So yeah, yeah so that's fine. <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, it's, but, it's but still. think how close the title would have been without without them. Because then, even yeah, if you if you get rid of if if you're saying that Leclerc does have that for if that's if that's how you see things fourteen <laughs> points, uh, you know, get rid of all the DNS and those two are absolutely miles ahead and it's yeah. pretty it, and it's pretty close. So, yeah, it's a, it is a shame for the title. I can say that even with the cape in the background. <laughs> oh, and your bloody onesie. Yeah, uh, the only reason you're being so modest about all of this is because you value your life, Tommy. Because uh, you know, you know, I'll come for you. Uh, right. First question from Slap Dash Driver: With Red Bull reliability issues looking to be solved, does this mean the championship is over? Oh, for God's sake! I mean, really? <laughs> what is it? Round eight? Have we had eight? Is that how many we've had now? Yeah. One. Yeah. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Seven. Yes. Um, is it over? Especially with the two Claire- races. Especially with the Claire needing to take a grid penalty for his engine and maybe another for a turbocharger. Yes, there are going to be penalties for probably, I'm going to say, every team at some point during the season. It's going to happen. Like, there's not a huge amount of allocated uh, bits and bobs. And of course, with Leclerc having two failures, big ones, um, it's not going to help him at all for his allocation. Um, so it's not over. I think, if anything, it shows how quickly it can change. And maybe this is just Ferrari copium. Uh, but you know, I did mention that 34 points Leclerc was ahead, and now he's 34 points behind. DNFs can swing things very, very quickly, uh, so it's not over by any stretch. I think if reliability now evens out, and you know, it's a straight fight, hopefully for the rest of the season. Red Bull are definitely looking the, the stronger, both with their race pace looking a little bit better in Baku, and also their teammate pairing is stronger at the moment. Signs is not there. I know he put on Twitter, oh, I, I, what was it? He said something about, I had the gap to save the tyres. I was like, mate, you're four and a half seconds back. Everyone's probably thinking of tyres. So I think that as for teammate pairings, and that's not what we expected to say coming into this season, that Verstappen and Perez would be the more sort of level on performance compared to Leclerc and Signs. But it's not over by any stretch. There's still plenty of drama, I am sure, to come. We still even haven't had a crash between Verstappen and Leclerc yet. We've got plenty of things to, to unfold, I'm sure. Uh, but, yeah, it's not looking great for Ferrari right now, I will admit. We have these questions after every single... <laughs> uh, even last year, wasn't it? That and, and this is another thing. Think about last year. It was it after Austria where... Verstappen had that 43-point lead, and it was like, right, that's it. The Mercedes just focus on next year. Title's over, and then it will flip again, and then Hamilton be leading, and they're like, this is it. The title's over now. The the Mercedes is a rocket ship. And I'm pretty sure it was over for Verstappen, was it not, after his DNFs at the start of the year? He was well, exactly. miles the, behind. The, the 
the how the turntables race review is so true. Um, after Australia, we were having exactly the same questions. Uh, Leclerc had an unbelievable lead. Verstappen was sixth in the championship after Australia because uh, you mentioned he had a thirty-four point lead. That was a thirty-four point lead on Russell. Russell. <laughs> um, it's it's mad, and everyone was saying that you know Leclerc it's an uncatchable lead. The Red Bulls too unreliable. And then Grace was born. <laughs> no, but, a, damning, a damning stat, actually, uh, that Alex Jakes, this cover is now, Matt, a damning stat that Alex Jakes mentioned on the coverage uh, when Leclerc tired is uh, since Melbourne, it's been an 80-point swing in the championship, which is crazy how much it's, that has changed. But that just shows that it can flip the other way. So you can look at that as, oh, my word, Ferrari have bottled this, or you can look at it as, oh my word, look how quickly reliability Change, can just yeah. flip flip it on its head. So, yeah, it's definitely not over. I mean, this is me being a Verstappen fan that had to watch last year, where probably could have easily won the title, and then you know maybe science goes bowling in Hungary and it changes. There's so many things can happen over a season. There's 22 races, so. Enough of the it's over questions. <laughs> Until next week. Until yeah. next yeah. week when it's another <laughs> Verstappen DNA. It's points. over again. Yeah. We'll put a ban on it. Yeah. I don't know. Going back to this question, if Red Bull have necessarily solved their reliability issues, obviously they're not stopping midway through a race with a power unit issue or fuel-related dramas. Uh, I mean, Max still had DRS issues as recently as Spain. Sergio had engine problems in the final moments of qualifying this weekend. So, you know, there's still a little murmur of things that could go wrong. And I think especially with these new cars, we're going to be seeing quite a lot of reliability issues just as people get used to them and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think it's safe to say the Red Bull is completely bulletproof now. It's had a few hiccups at the start of the season, but in comparison to Ferrari recently, you know, at least they got both their cars over the line this weekend. So I guess that's a good thing in that side of things. But um, yeah, it's certainly not good for Ferrari could easily dent the confidence for the drivers if they're constantly thinking, oh my goodness, is my power unit going to blow up? Obviously, we saw so many retirements yesterday um, or on Sunday, whenever you're listening to this, um, with the Ferrari power units. I'm sure that's certainly setting off alarm bells in Ferrari HQ at the moment because this isn't the first time we've seen these kind of issues. We saw it in Spain, we saw a little bit in Monaco. But yeah, we went from Red Bull being the unreliable team and Ferrari being strong, and that was kind of Ferrari's... Um, like main advantage over the others and now as it says in here i've written the tables have turned so for all we know red bull could head to canada this week and have an issue with their engines or their brakes because the the track is very uh, strenuous on brakes but we'll have to wait and see i'm sure that will be clipped up if something does happen to red bull but i think it's safe to say that no one is safe in terms of the reliability side of things at the moment nobody can say 100 that they are safe and secure nobody's safe Apart from george russell apparently <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just missed the top five isn't he unbelievable yeah. uh next question uh, cali underscore dreaming 85 is the only way to turn things around for ferrari is to get matty wtf1 in a leclerc onesie i want to see it <laughs> i don't that is gonna be so disturbing no offense matt <laughs> i mean fair. like a full uh, baby onesie all, all the offense taken um but yeah it's <laughs> Uh, look, if that's the way to turn it around, I will fully wear one. I'm not sure I'll fit into a baby grow, 
but you know maybe it'll be quite comfortable and at least be even if it doesn't work i can just cry into it uh, but it is a uh, yeah, it's quite quite something, quite an image I've got of my of myself in, really... in something like that. Um, any thoughts apart from that? I, I don't really think there's really probably anything you guys no, want to say on that matter. Yeah, I, I guess the only thing is, um, I don't think you've quite clocked on. I don't think you actually know this, but the that Verstappen onesie. So you know Sophie, who does our Team WTF one Team WTF yes. one, to be aware uh, of Sophie. She uh, actually bought that onesie, uh, and it's actually from. WTF one on the race. So technically, it's a gift from you all collectively. So Matt, no, actually, no. technically that is part of you've gifted that onesie. So no, how no, do you no, feel? No, absolutely not. In <laughs> fact, um, <laughs> you know, I asked for your address not that long ago. I'm just saying something's arriving uh, at, at some point, hopefully before Canada. So no way. Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll. Uh, Fingers crossed it comes before Canada. If not, it'll be after. Either Le- Leclerc onesie or a threatening letter to say, burn it now. Oh, yeah, it's nothing. Or... through the window. Yeah, it's nothing for Grace. It's just, yeah, just a brick through your window. Yeah. I think, it, I think it's actually time that if anyone knows anyone at Red Bull, you mentioned it, that because I reckon she's got one race before she outgrows it. Uh, so one the power race. is not going to last much longer. So I think Red Bull... Max Verstappen, who clearly watches this podcast, you know, I think I think I need some more merch, please. Thank you. It's like proper baby grow merch. I mean, it's clearly, it's clearly working. Uh, the... well, he gave stuff to Checo when Checo had a baby, exactly. so there must be stuff. And Checo ended up ended up winning the race after that, didn't he? So... <gasps> he did. He won in Monaco. Yeah, there you go. It's the power oh of the Max. God. Max onesies just make you make things happen. So there you go. Okay. That's crazy. That is That's crazy. actually so, blown my mind. One more race of pain and then hopefully Ferrari will come good because the <laughs> wow. curse will be lifted. Yeah. Right. Moving on from Baby Grows. Tommy, your three-word race review, please. Mine is robbed of strategy. And I've seen a lot of people, you mentioned it in the very first three-word race review, but there are a lot of these that was like, Baku's rubbish. It's not delivered. People saying it was boring. I think it would have been a very good race if we'd have had Leclerc still in it. And it's the, the failure just robbed of us of, of an exciting race because it would have been fascinating. You know, no doubt, Matt, you'll say that Leclerc would have won. I'll no doubt say Verstappen would have won. We'll never know. But it, I think it would have been really fascinating to see how it panned out because Leclerc, I actually was with you on the watch on that. I thought it was a good strategy to get the pit stop out of the way. Tired egg not known for being that much of an issue and I think Verstappen would have caught him at the end on fresher tyres could he have passed it was difficult at the start it would have been fascinating and I'm actually really gutted that that didn't play out so I don't think you should judge Baku or anything like that it's just a very unfortunate incident that unfortunately Leclerc uh, the DNF did kill the race because there was a lot of excitement there with Perez Leclerc and Verstappen, and if anything, also Leclerc um, sort of getting out of the way and having his stop helped Verstappen out even more because it gave him a free run at Checo. So, um, yeah, it's a shame, really. I really, really would have liked to have seen how that played out. Yeah, it was finely poised, wasn't it? I, I, I was obviously looking forward to it as Leclerc was, was leading, uh, but also <laughs> knew that he was probably going to get caught. Um, so, you know, there were two kind of routes they could have gone down, Ferrari. They could have tried to stay out on those hard tires and prayed to God he could cling on. But also he could have gone for another pit stop, taken some really fresh tires and then gone on the attack towards the end of the race. So 
you know, we obviously uh, both Red Bulls, didn't they? They pit under the VSC that came out maybe 15 laps before the race or something. So clearly they took that opportunity because they thought, well, the tyres might get a little bit on the uh, the worn side. So it could have been absolutely fascinating. Uh, but unfortunately, as you say, we were robbed. And yeah, I can understand why people go, oh, that was a boring race. But I thought the midfield was actually really good as well. There was a lot of overtakes, a lot of little dive bombs and, and things like that. And, and for overtakes uh, side of things for that, it was great. I think it's purely because the disappointment of everybody of, oh, we're not going to get a fight for the lead is that that sort of overriding feeling, which I can understand. Uh, but yeah, I, I, it's not Baku's fault. It's Ferrari's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Bl- more blame on Ferrari. Yeah, yes. no, I think it was certainly um, interesting listening to Red Bull speak after the race as well. They said they would have pitted Checo at the same time as Leclerc, but they had communications issues because obviously both Red Bulls stayed out and everyone was thinking, oh my God, have Ferrari actually the master plan? Like, are they actually doing well with their strategy and then it all tumbled down and fell apart so yeah a great shame because I think although we've seen crazy races in Baku before with whether that's collisions or um you know we saw a few people go off into skate roads and stuff but um strategy was kind of the one thing that we could maybe rely on to provide us with a lot of entertainment and then that kind of just all got obliterated so yeah I I'm with you with your three-word race review Tommy Lovely. Well, we're all in agreement. That's mm. that's great. Uh, question from Team WTF1 member Jack C96. Were you surprised that there weren't any full safety cars in the race? And was this the reason it wasn't as crazy as previous Baku races? I was a little bit surprised, firstly, because it's Baku. But secondly, there were a lot of mistakes in, in free practice. There was a lot of going down runoffs. Uh, I mean, Vettel could probably have brought out a safety car if it clattered the wall when he did that incredible spin turn, but he did not. And yeah, I, I was a little bit surprised for sure, um, because as I said, there was a lot of mistakes out there uh, on, on the run up towards the, towards the race. And yeah, obviously, safety cars are the things that spice up the race, but also on the flip side, we did have a VSC which spiced up the race, but then we were robbed of that, as we've mentioned uh, in Tommy's three-word race review. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not absolutely gutted that, uh, or not gutted, not blaming Baku for for everything that's gone on there. Uh, but yeah, certainly surprised. Could anything have been a safety car? Obviously, was it K Mag grinded to a halt? Yeah, nearly run himself over. Uh, which we thought we're thinking, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe a safety car then. But no, they were they were reasonably well behaved. They were. Yeah, I did think we were maybe due a dullish Baku race because we've had so many races which have been like banger after banger after banger. And although last year probably the first two thirds wasn't exactly the most thrilling race we've ever seen. Obviously the last third where it was chaos with Stroll having his tire issues, slamming into the wall and causing drama and then Verstappen and then the red flag and the two lap sprint and Hamilton going off and Checo winning and seven on the podium. And like, it was just crazy end to last year. The actual first part of the race itself wasn't super exciting, but um, I also listened to and I feel like I'm just plugging WTF1 stuff left right and center today but I was listening to the that time when podcast episode from last week where you two were talking about Baku 2017 and what an absolute like colossal mess of excitement and scandal and drama it all was and so that probably didn't help my expectations going into Sunday's race because that was an exceptionally crazy race um 
But yeah, I mean, we didn't have any collisions in the race last year. Obviously, we had the two big impacts with the tyre failures and then a gearbox drama for Russell and a turbocharger issue for Ocon in 2021. Um, but yeah, I suppose that's the only problem is with Baku now. It's just associated with these maybe crazy uh, podium results or maybe teammates coming together. And it's got all of this big reputation to live up to and just naturally it's not going to happen a hundred percent of the time. You're going to have to take um, a few little dullish races because then it just makes you appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I was thinking we might get some sort of like either a Red Bull crashing together until Christian Horner was like, no fighting. Don't do it. Naughty, naughty or McLaren, but no. You, um, So what you're saying is that that time when podcasts, we should make them about boring races to set people's expectations low. Totally. So we'll just talk about... We'll yeah. talk about Baku France. this year and be like, well, yeah. you know, Leclerc retired yeah. and then the next 25 laps. Let me tell you about how boring they were. Yeah. But Baku, Baku normally all the excitement and entertainment comes from you get, I think a lot of races, even 2017, 2018, they aren't particularly exciting until you get that first safety car and then the safety cars just breed more safety cars because everyone's close up. We know how crazy the straight is, but yeah, it was a surprise that we didn't see uh, any safety cars at all. Summer is approaching and it's time for you to prioritise the comfort of your crotch. That's why the kings of crotch comfort, Manscaped, have spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. I've had the honour of testing out these new boxers and I can say it's the softest fabric of any underwear. I think it's about time you invest in your family jewels. So you can get 20% off plus free shipping by using the code WTF1 at manscaped.com. They have the best electric trimmer for below the waist grooming called their Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer offers skin safe technology designed to trim hair on loose skin. Outside of just ball trimming, they're also offering game changing boxers. These boxers features include. A pouch lined with perforated performance fabric to keep them well ventilated. The micro model fabric, which is buttery soft and breathable. The tagless waistband hugs your body without digging in and it lays flat against your skin to reduce chafing. The front fly opening giving easy access and making bathroom breaks quick and efficient. You can choose from an arrangement of designs and colours and sizes ranging from small to 3XL for everybody out there. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code WTF1 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code WTF1 at manscaped.com. Next question, MT underscore Louis. Eight races so far, two decent, six poor to very poor. Fair to say after one third of a season, new rules have failed miserably to improve racing and shuffle the picking order. Swap Merck and Ferrari, that's it. Wow. Okay, pop off. Um, That... (laughs) That's, I think, slightly savage, to be honest with you. I don't think that we've had six poor to very poor races. We've got a fight at the front between Red Bull and, and Ferrari. I think that, and I think I've mentioned this before, but last year was a ridiculous, exceptional, just out of anybody's imagination kind of season. That going into this season with F1 being like, yeah, the cars are going to be able to follow better and blah, blah, blah. We're expecting the same, if not more, craziness, carnage, chaos, be- you know, better racing. On, I, I do understand the frustration, and I did uh, tweet this recently that you know I am a bit 
not not upset, but it's you know it's a little bit annoying to see that there are still two teams miles ahead of everyone else, even though it is a swap of Mercedes and Ferrari. But the racing has improved; like they can follow better, and it's not going to be an overnight process. Uh, th- these new regulations, as well, I think we've got them till twenty twenty six, and then we get another brand's new set of regulations, which you know, F1 are just like, no, we're going to keep changing them. We're going to keep changing them. And then maybe one time we'll hit the sweet spot when in reality, you maybe just need a set of regulations for quite a long time. And then F1 teams can, can get their heads around it. Um, but no, I, don't, I, I think that's unfair to say that we've had six poor, very poor races. Uh, I think they've been fascinating to watch, especially with Ferrari in the mix now. Um, I would like the rest of the field to be closer. Absolutely but I don't think we can really have too much of a go on the actual regulations themselves. I think they have improved them, maybe not to the extent, the percentages that we were promised on paper, but it's still a step forward in my opinion. I would argue that 2021 as well, you've got to think that was the last year of regulations, which if you think about regulations, teams, you, you, the top teams reach a threshold and everyone slowly catches up. And if that's the last year and it was still like, a, like uh, this person's alluding to, Ferrari, sorry, uh, Mercedes and Red Bull basically locking out the podium every weekend uh, minus some DNFs and win, they'd always be, you know, 40, 50 seconds ahead in the race. If this is the first year of new rules when no one's had a chance to catch up yet and it's the same, yes, it's a shame, but. I'd be annoyed if this was the new rules in six, seven years' time. But you hope that other teams would start to catch up throughout the year. And people are maybe expecting too much as well because we mentioned it earlier in the podcast that you know, we've, been, we've been robbed of quite a few Leclerc Verstappen battles now because of their own reliability. So if you imagine that we didn't have those, you know, we'd have had an amazing battle in Baku. We might have had a battle in Spain. You never know as well. Monaco's Monaco, however much I love it. Um, And we'd be having a completely different conversation because Leclerc and Verstappen would have been very similar on points and they'd have just had another race for the victory. And we'd be going, oh, isn't it great that, Every weekend, it's Leclerc versus Verstappen for victory, and it's really exciting. Um, so, don't I wouldn't judge it based on one, one. Well, not even one race. It's, it's still only eight races into the season, and there have been some good races. And the midfield as well is even better than last year, and they can follow closer. So, when the pack does close up, it gives me hope. Hope is all we need, eh? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would disagree in terms of the split. From memory, I think the first four races were, were good. Miami was a bit meh, but then I think that's also due to TV direction because there were 54 overtakes and I felt like I saw two. So there probably was, it probably was a great race if we actually saw half of it. And then Spain had some drama. I've literally put the same as you, Tommy. I've put Monaco, gonna Monaco. And then Baku wasn't thrilling, but it also didn't send me to sleep either. So... I think you're right in saying we got pretty spoilt last year. And actually looking at data from the WTF1 podcast favourite, catching one thing on Reddit, or catching is one thing on Reddit, I looked at the number of overtakes from 2022 compared to 2021, and they're pretty much identical, bar like one or two either way. So although the overtaking data might not be 
in F1's benefit because you're like, well, you've designed these new cars to be overtaking 10,000 times during a race. And actually it's pretty much the same as last year. Um, it's still early days. There might be circuits that we go to that maybe benefit it a bit more. People getting used to the cars, knowing what their limitations is, knowing how far they can push them. Um, and also, you know, we've got new tire compounds and stuff that have been added in, which might make things a little bit more challenging. So there's plenty of variables to it, but I don't think it's, they've been very poor. I think that's quite harsh. <laughs> I think that's very harsh. If yeah. Also, one one thing to add to that, if you think about all the good, like like we, we were saying 2021 was really exciting at the start, um, but it but at the end of the season is when it got really exciting and you're like, oh my word, this is, you know, a battle of the ages. And I wouldn't judge a season by the start. We've still got quite a lot of races. And if you think about some of the races that we had last year, Silverstone, Hungary, mm. Monza, they're, they're all at the end of the season. So don't, don't write it off so soon. Because, 14 yeah, races to go. Exactly. 14. Third of the way in. Like that's, 14 like, races. that's like a whole that's, calendar when I started watching lot. F1. <laughs> oh, yeah, boomer. That's boomer alert. Boomer <laughs> okay, alert. Grandpa. Play the siren. <laughs> Go back to bed. Yeah. Um, right. I've I, I, I just been thinking about how what it would look like uh, 10,000 overtakes in a race, to be fair, Katie, after what you said. Um, Too much. About how much side-by-side action no. we need. And Anyway, uh, what's your three-word race review? Mine is painful porpoising problems. Going a bit of alliteration. alliteration. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. So that's why I'm for. Can tell you're an uh, author. Oh, yes, thank you very much. <laughs> so I've said, um, yeah, just when you thought the porpoising chat was over and some people claiming that they might have fixed it or solved it. No, no, no. And tobacco. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, I guess, is the one that was clearly suffering the most with his back after the session. He said he had trouble sleeping, but he's had some massages, some acupuncture and ready to race in Canada, which some reports were saying, oh, you know, his back's so bad. He might not be able to compete next weekend, but he seems to think that he's going to be OK, which is good. Obviously, not a fan of a driver feeling so beaten up after taking part in a Grand Prix. That's not the kind of stories that you want to be reading. Um, but he's not alone in feeling that way. Obviously, his seemed to be the more visible of the injuries, but Ricardo was saying that he felt rattled and Russell and Science have been complaining about these health and safety issues from the porpoising for absolutely ages since the season started. But yeah, Baku in particular, it just looked to be absolutely brutal. Um, however... Lots of talks have been had this week. Apparently it was like kind of one of the first times the drivers took it into their briefings that they have on a Friday to say, look, we need to have a solution to this, but we're going to talk about it in a, in a moment. But um, some people are saying the FIA need to change the rules to stop the porpoising from happening. Whereas the reality is that not all drivers, not all teams are suffering from it. Alfa Romeo said they didn't have a single porpoising drama issue. A single over the weekend. bump. They just they were smooth sailing. They're gliding along. It's just a shame they've got a power unit in the back that doesn't want to collaborate. Whoa. Come on. Whoa. Well, it's true YouTube though. Katie. Poor poor <laughs> poor Jogan <laughs> can't catch a break. But um yeah, it's uh, one of those things that I mean, well, actually, I'm gonna save it. We're gonna save it for a question because I know mm. that there's one coming up. So save it. Save it. Uh yes. Um this whole porpoising <laughs> thing is just it's it's like that amazing meme of the the guy cycling and then putting a stick in his front wheel 
Oh my and then God, saying, that's the perfect analogy. That's the perfect, yeah. <laughs> that's the perfect analogy, just a meme. Um, but yeah, it's uh, that's what I'm thinking. You know, Mercedes are complaining over and over. Lewis is complaining. And uh, we actually put a video out uh, around you know, how F1 teams may be using these porpoising problems. You know, they're moaning to try and gain an advantage because at the end of the day, it's how they set up the car. Like that is literally like the ride height of the car is what causes this porpoising. The lower you ride it, especially if you suffer with porpoising, the more aggressive it's going to be. Now, Hamilton's obviously trying different things to try and make his car work as best as possible, but he is like, they are the Mercedes are the one that makes the car. Like they can tune it out. We And Baku is probably an isolated incident as well in the sense of it's a track that's quite naturally bumpy anyway. And you've got hugely long straights. They're going so fast and they're bumping along down the straight. There wasn't that same kind of chat around some more smoother track services because they don't you don't suffer with it as much so christian orner actually quite funnily came out and said you know uh, it just feels like you know team principals are telling your drivers to go and make a fuss this weekend to see if they can get anything changed but surely the fia are just going to turn around and go well you you change it why do we have to change it and put like a minimum ride height in or something because that will just bring back red bull and for me ferrari stuff with porpoising but they're just like yeah peace we're, we're winning or nearly winning or, or dnfing uh but you know they they're still at the front they're, they're porpoising but you don't hear as much although science has said a little bit around uh, the long-term effects but it just wouldn't be fair because it's not a health and safety issue in the, in the fact that every car is suffering with it and they don't have a solution there are solutions stop moaning and change the car they literally have a solution yeah like you say they can you, they, they go into qualifying they can't they can't have toto and and all of Mercedes going like, this is so, uh, this is so ridiculous. Now something needs to be changed when, like you say, they're the ones that can change it. They're the ones that are putting their own drivers in danger, essentially to, you know, they can't, they can't put a, they can't say, Oh, this could cause like brain injuries and things like that. They can't, they can't say stuff like that. And then essentially let Lewis Hamilton go into a race and have the car set up in that way that's going to do that for the whole race and go, oh, we'll just complain about it afterwards. They could literally, but but that's it. Formula One teams don't want to sacrifice time and you you can understand why. So I, I do kind of see why they want to step in because um, the problem is Formula One teams will always just do anything they can. Um, they'd, even if like they were, it was a quick way. The F duct is a great example, right? Uh, if anyone remembers that, where you used to uh, drivers used to hold their hand in front of something to block the airflow, and it would give them an advantage. And people were like, "That is crazy that you're going one-handed around corners." And for- Formula One teams are just like, "Well, I don't care until you make it a safety issue. It makes us quicker, so we don't care." And F- Formula One teams are going to sacrifice the safety, even of their own drivers, until the FIA basically say, "No, you have to do something about this now." So they're not gonna they're not gonna sacrifice pace for some bouncing, even though it's got to the point where there's talk of Lewis Hamilton not even doing the next race. I know you said you said now that that's not going to be the case, but they can't they can't have that whole media narrative of that when they can sort it themselves. And oh, you're just gonna have to finish eighth then instead of fifth. Boo-hoo. But don't do you know what I mean? Like it's your problem. It's their problem. 
So. It's, it's very true. Yeah, it's uh, oh, it's Frank. I can hear Frank's little tippy tappy of his of his feet. Bring him in. Come on, Frank. Here Let's he comes. Your hot take. Come on, Frank. Uh, <laughs> You're an efficient. <laughs> yeah, whilst we, whilst we get Frank in, uh, let's move to a question from Team WCF member Wexy. Since science has talked about lasting physical effects for drivers regarding porpoising, and now Lewis Hamilton was in such pain during back of the weekend, do you think the FIA will do something to the car regulations? And what would it be? I think we've kind of covered that just by going on a bit of a rant. I'm going to go with a solid no. Katie? No, Tommy, even? Oh, Katie Tommy, needs a rant. Whatever. I'll, go, I'll go quickly, and then Katie can have her rant, because yeah. I know you're saving something up, so... A lot bubbling, of energy. Bubbling a lot, away. She's had a week off. She's been planning this. Oh, God, um, yeah. Anything with the FIA. She's like, <laughs> no, right. <no. laughs> uh, I, I would just add to that that... Um, oh, look a little there, there are talks of the fact that they could do something potentially where they monitor the bouncing. I think you said it in the Twitch, BPM. BPM bounces per, per minute, minute or something. <laughs> and then and then if they, if they do reach that certain threshold, then they either get a penalty... Or you know they're forced to raise the ride height because it's it's too much. So yeah, I guess um, there could be something like you know how the floor it was introduced where they could only wear away a certain amount of the, the yeah. car's floor. It could be something like that, but for they can monitor PPM, these things. per minute, whatever you want. <laughs> but yeah, maybe that that is the solution. But the main thing is it's not fair to penalise the teams mm. that right. don't have the issue. They've got it right, and. I agree. You know, I'm sure. <laughs> I, in fact, I'll just say it now that the the big argument was for eight years was that oh, you can't have a go at Mercedes for for getting the rules right, and how the turntables again now. You know, everyone <laughs> they're they're the ones complaining, saying we need to change the rules when when they were miles ahead, and all fans were complaining that it was boring. The argument was always well you can't have a go at Mercedes for essentially building the best car, which is correct. And now this is correct. <laughs> yeah, very much so. I haven't really got much of an FIA rant. Oh. I know, I'm really sorry. And plus seeing, <laughs> seeing Frank, like any kind of pent-up anger just disperses because Frank's oh, so cute. Look at so Audio listeners, at he looks very cute right now. He does. Get Frank a onesie as well. <laughs> God, no. No. Oh, we don't yeah, need any more curses. We don't. It's certainly going to be a balancing act, though, for the FIA because they have got the technical side of things because short answer is some people have figured out how to make cars that don't have the porpoising. Obviously, Red Bull are one that have seemed to be doing quite okay from it. We said Alfa Romeo, okay. Alpine have said they can more or less turn it off. McLaren has it to a small extent. Alfa Tauri seems to be okay. Um Amos, which is a German publication, have also said that Williams probably have too little downforce for it to be an issue, which is sort of a backhanded compliment, but uh, or not backhanded. No, there's no compliment there. No, no, just backhanded. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean compliment at the end, just backhanded. Um, But yeah, I mean, the race, our sister publication, have said that they kind of understand that the FIA have put some proposals in, but it's not received a majority support when raised in a technical advisory committee meeting. That sounds really fun. so yeah, I think as harsh as it is, why bring in a rule that's gonna penalize the people that got it right when, like you say, you just have to sacrifice some performance and Mr. George Russell can't be finishing top five every time. 
sorry, the record might have to be broken if they can't get it right. Because like you say, you know, George Russell's saying he can't see his breaking points because he's bouncing so much. Hamilton's, you know, looking like a 98-year-old man getting out of a bathtub in the way he was getting out of his Mercedes on Sunday. Like, it's obviously not nice to see drivers bouncing around in their cars. Crofty and co like to make jokes about how they look like they're listening to rock music in their cockpits. But at the end of the day, it's not natural to see an F1 driver looking like a bobblehead in their car, especially in the modern era of Formula One. Um, And when you've got drivers saying that there could be potential long term effects from this, then that's obviously not going to reflect too greatly on the FIA. So they're going to have to step in. But I would really be disappointed in them if they limited what is technical decisions and advancements because you know some people know how to make it work and others are just refusing to do anything to make it better but slowing the cars down i said i wasn't going to do an fia run and here i am 10 minutes Popped later so yeah, i have sorry um, just fia trigger yeah. something in you yeah. I, I saw a very brave particularly because it was on twitter a, a very brave tweet from uh, nate saunders who's a journalist uh, who basically mentioned that kind of like in any, in any other sport, it would it would almost go without saying that essentially like, you know, Hamilton is an unbelievable athlete. You just need to look at pictures on his Instagram to know that. But he's a, he is 37 and George Russell is 24. And 23, 24. 20, 23, 24. And however fit and amazing Hamilton is, uh, when you're older, you know, think mm-hmm. these things can affect you more. We saw, we saw how, what COVID, uh, you know, like how COVID affected Hamilton and, you know, it's not, it's not questioning the fact that, you know, his fitness and is unbelievable, but the fact is it's science, it, it's science. <laughs> and, it, and maybe it is just a case. I know there's all these theories and I don't, I don't know how true they are. So I can't comment on them about Hamilton running extreme setups and weird, weird. He said things. he had I, an I, experimental part in his car this weekend. He okay, so they that. have they have confirmed it. Okay, interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, again and it, again, it comes down to the, the fact that Mercedes are putting Lewis through that at the end of the day themselves. Was the experimental part a trampoline? Yeah. Pogo yeah. stick. Bong, Pogo bong. stick. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I do think so, it would be a lot. I do think it would be a lot. It is an extreme circuit as well. Baku with that enormous straight, um, but then maybe it would die down, and then we get back to Monza and it would appear again. I don't know. We'll mm. see. Yeah, Canada's not going to be fun either. No, it's quite a long no. straight there, isn't it? Back to the BPM bounces per minute. Uh, I think that, <laughs> that that would be quite difficult that to. Thing. Yeah, that'd be quite difficult to implement anywhere. I think because obviously Ferrari bounce a lot, but they're. Like it might be a soft bounce, you know, like it, it might not be as an aggressive of a bounce as, as Hamilton. But yeah, I, I think I said in the internet's best reactions as well about um, Hamilton. I said he's not, a, he's not a whippersnapper like George Russell, who said, to be fair, he did come out, George, and say that he, it hurt. And, you know, he, he, he was glad the race was over after bouncing around for an hour and a half. Um, but yeah, it's, he's, Hamilton's getting on, you know, we can't deny it. It's, it's literally his age. Uh, next question, which is, referring to Hamilton, uh, Brentsky underscore 15. Do you still think that Toto needs to keep apologizing to Hamilton? I mean, Russell is able to get a S box into the top five every race this season. Uh, 
if he needs to apologize to Hamilton, he'll apologize to Hamilton. Like, you know, you gotta you gotta manage your drivers one way or another. And if that helps Lewis to, you know, keep a level head and whatever, then so be it. You know, Hamilton is used to a certain level of success with Mercedes. This isn't it now, and it's very different. And I don't think it's that big of a deal that Toto apologizes to Lewis, in my opinion. Like it's just a team radio at the end of a race. And you know, Lewis is obviously going to be very frustrated and obviously in a lot of pain as well after this particular race. So uh, from a human perspective, I don't have any problem or I don't think there's anything wrong with, with him doing that. No, I think Toto's worked with Lewis long enough. He knows what to do, what to say to comfort him, which made him such a good manager and why Mercedes was so successful because he's very much a people person. So I'm sure that's absolutely fine. Um, but one thing I will say is I don't think the sponsors are going to be too happy with Toto Wolf referring to the car as a bleep box on the radio. It's not really like each week, it's just got progressively worse, whether it's like, oh, it's a diva to handle, blah, blah, blah. And now he's just straight up calling it a bleep box, which is not great. I, yeah, you, you're kind of praising Toto for his, his his management and stuff. I actually have a different take and think it's pretty poor form that radio because Let me get my if, you, if you yeah, <laughs> thing is right. If you if you work at Mercedes, do you really need to hear that on the radio? Them calling the car terrible, like you've been working on that all winter, probably you know, really long, painful hours. You're trying your best. And Toto's on the radio going, yeah, car's awful, isn't it? Sorry, Lewis, we'll get it. We're, we're trying to get it sorted for you. It's terrible, though. This car's awful. <laughs> like, I think it's just maybe a better way of words of just saying, we'll talk about it. We'll try and fix it. The team are working really hard, not the car sucks. And sort of like announcing that to the world. I know he doesn't choose what goes out to the world feed, but at the end of the day, he said that it's gone over the world feed. I'd feel pretty demoralized if I was a Mercedes employee, but there you go. I'm not. So F1 is a savage world though. <laughs> uh, we've seen some uh, behind the scenes stuff in drive to survive in particular and Gunter Steiner's management of uh, certain people in, in the formula one team a few seasons ago, but mm. no, I agree. I agree. If you know, you're watching and you, I, but I suppose you can also see the frustration is starting to seep through now where Toto has apologized before and used better words. And now he's just like, Oh, for God's sake, you know, this is a, this is an S box, but. Well, this is going to be a big test of, of his management because we can applaud his, his brilliance when situations were going well, when they had the car to just wipe the floor with everyone for seven years. Now let's see how it, how it gets handled. It's going to be very interesting. Very interesting. Toto's decided to manage Hamilton's emotions over the entirety of his factory's uh, emotions yeah. there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of what I was leading to. Yeah, fair. Uh, Dragon Slayer underscore nine. Horner has said that Red Bull will let Checo and Max fight <laughs> without team orders. However, they said no fighting to Checo, which is quite obviously a team order to let him pass. Do you think Horner was telling the truth or will this continue all season? Uh, I mean, I don't think it's as strict of a team order as let Max through. It still is a team order, but it's a case of obviously they're on the same strategy, but Max was quicker. And I can understand as a team, as much as it's frustrating as a fan, and I will always let my emotions out. And I think a lot of people will go and, oh, I just wanted to see an on track battle from a team perspective. If Max is quicker, you just go no fighting. And, and that's fair enough. I can understand why they do that as much as it is 
uh, disappointing to see from a fan perspective. Um, but Checo was a lot slower. Like he was, he dropped off the back of Max very quickly and then was in the pits. And then obviously had that slow pit stop as well, which people put their tinfoil hats on about uh, to thinking that he, they'd slowed down his pit stop despite Red Bull nearly losing out to Russell. Uh, so why would they have done that? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it is unfortunately what it is at the moment. If Checo was quicker, I don't think they would have probably done that. No, because he wouldn't. If Max had stayed two seconds, like maybe he might have done, but Checo hurt his tyres, which they have said it's unusual for Checo to do that because he's normally the tyre king, if you like. But the fact is Max closed in and that, that then puts pressure on the team to go, we need to sort something out. And if Max is going to go for a move, the most sensible option, however unpopular because it's for uh, the win and fans, fans want to see it, especially when Leclerc's out the race, um, is to let them go. But Max is obviously... Was Leclerc at the race at that point? I'm trying to remember. It's all a bit of a blur. Uh, yes, he was, I think. He was at the race. Okay. I think he was, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the fact that... Um, Max is again. They're not. They're not going to throw away loads of points when um, they're their main rivals out of the race. And you could argue, however much in the previous questions where we've gone, oh, Ferrari throwing it away and all the failures. Leclerc could have easily won three from three. So why why hinder your own team? Because we know Ferrari are fast, and if they do. Uh, in Leclerc, no, Leclerc wasn't like, out of the race. No, Le- Leclerc, Leclerc wasn't. wasn't okay, so the they're racing Leclerc. So, of course, they're going to want the quicker driver that can beat Leclerc to be ahead. Um, and if he's caught up, then it's fair enough, even if it's not really what we want to see. You want you want to see him battle, but I'm sure 2018 Baku was in the back of their mm. mind because they crashed then and they fought and they lost everything. And now this is even more extreme because they do have a championship to win and on the line and they want to maximize the points. And when Leclerc is still in the race, they can't have Checo holding up Max when he can go that much quicker because at the end of the day, he won by 20 seconds. So it wasn't exactly close, was it? So, oh, well, I mean, a lot of people then well, say that exactly Max Verstappen that. wasn't uh, abiding by particular lap time targets and things like that. So, I wouldn't say 20 seconds is probably a representative time between the two of them, but you know, mm. you pop off Max Verstappen. Tommy's gonna boy. fight, fight. Yeah. <laughs> get the cape out. Come on, let's see what, let's see what it's got. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I again, that, you know, adding that layer of Leclerc still being in the race makes perfect sense as to why they'd say no fighting because every single tenth counted in that particular fight because Leclerc was quick uh, on those fresh, hard tyres. Cool. Katie, you got anything to add? Just going to say that Horner's made himself look a bit silly by saying it's not a team order when it very clearly was a team order. Um, But I don't know. As a Checker fan, obviously, I don't want to sit here and be like, every single time they're going to prioritise Max because, well, they probably will do. But I'd like to think that they'll maybe evaluate each race and situation independently. But, I mean, this week like leading up to Baku and after Monaco, you know, there've been so many articles about how Checo is a championship contender now and all this kind of stuff. And I'm sure that that has probably also been bubbling away. And like the guys within Red Bull are going to be aware of that too, right? Verstappen and Checo are going to be thinking, well, we're both 
could be in for a championship fight here. And Red Bull, like Horner and the pit team or whatever they're called on the pit wall team, will be thinking about it. The pit <laughs> team. <laughs> pit team. Um, so, yeah, I think maybe by putting his foot down and saying, no fighting, no, no, no. That, um, Great Horner impression. <laughs> I don't know why I sound it made him sound. It wasn't a Horner that came over the radio, was it? No, it wasn't. It was his race engineer. Oh, it was yeah, yeah. yeah. What the, the thing is with that with that thing as well. Not not I, I'm not saying I agree with Christian Horner before everyone jumps on that because it was a team order. It definitely was a team order. Just for clarification, but it was a team order. <laughs> but basically, if Max if Max was still Max was what two seconds behind three seconds behind something like that uh when the racing resumed and he caught him up and then they said no fighting because they clearly knew max was quicker i'm gonna go for a move and pass and they didn't want him to crash had max been three seconds back for the whole race and couldn't get anywhere near him in my opinion they're not telling checo to slow down lose three seconds and let him through it's they're managing the situation rather than basically shafting checo yeah not to say that Sergio hasn't been shafted a little bit in previous races, Spain yeah. probably being one good example of that. But yeah, no, uh, fair. Well done, Max. Fan. <laughs> Boy. Yeah. Next question. And moving away from Red Bull now. Team WTF one member Grubbly. Should Ricardo be encouraged or discouraged after today? Ah, take some encouragement, Danny Rick. You know, you're back in the points. He's only scored twice this season, which is quite. That's mental. When Lawrence Barreto told him that in the media pen, he was like, no. <laughs> it's like, yes, that is true. Yeah. He was so sure. Yeah, that's why everyone's talking about my trip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, take some encouragement, Danny Rick. You know, I, he was a little bit lucky with uh, the timing of the VSC, I think. Uh, but then you know, he had to sit behind Lando and McLaren were very obviously favouring Lando in that race, which I can understand. Lando has been 95% of the races quicker uh, than Danny Rick over the course of their teammate partnership. But, I mean, encouraged with his own performance, yes. Maybe slightly discouraged with the way McLaren tried to just fully favour Lando. The one bit that really got to me was when Danny Rick was clearly quicker than Lando, who was about to come in for a pit stop, and they told him to hold station because they're trying to overcut Alonso. The, the pit stop then happened. Lando came out in 17th, and Alonso was like 12th. And you're just thinking, well, you've just hindered Danny Rick, who looks a lot quicker. He didn't, doesn't have the straight line speed, really, to, to do anything about Lando at that stage. I know they're both, obviously both in the same car, but they just were pretty slow in a straight line. And then Danny Rick got eaten up by Gasly almost immediately after being held up by Lando. So, I don't know. I felt like maybe Danny Rick would have a few things to say in their briefing after the race. Uh, but... It was a better performance from him. Who knows where, how far behind he would have been land, uh, from Lando if it had just been a normal race where neither of them had been held up. Uh, but I'm also glad that McLaren repaid the favour at the end of the race and allowed Danny Rick to, to stay ahead of him. Yeah, very much. I mean, I'm going to be maybe quite harsh here because it was still an okay qualifying result in comparison to previous races, but I was still slightly disappointed with his qualifying and the fact that he didn't out-qualify Norris because I thought that he might have looked a bit quicker and with Norris and the whole Hamilton drama, I was like, you know, this is your chance to get ahead and he didn't, so that's a shame. But yeah, I feel like McLaren mugged him off quite early in the race. Um, he said post-race that his tyres lasted a lap or two before dropping off, which is why he couldn't really quite catch Alonso and Norris was creeping up. 
perhaps they kept him in front of Lando for a motivation boost. Maybe they didn't want to risk a clash. I don't know. But um, yeah, certainly not great in terms of team orders. And also this isn't the first time it's happened. Like think back to Australia when Norris had a literal issue and they were like, you can't pass him. And he was like, but why? What if he clunks out in front of me? They're like, well, you can pass him then if he's going to just stop in front of you. Australia, wasn't it? I think. Well, did I say Austria? No, no, no. I, I didn't actually Oh, sorry. Say <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> no, but yeah, sorry. In Australia, exactly in front of his home crowd. Like, give him something. But yes, we'll have to wait and see. But I mean, um, at least he's ready for it. Baku in the points. Hey, that was so terrible. I'm going to see myself out. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. That was great. Yeah, a lot of people wanted, obviously, Danny Rick to get through as the faster car. It's funny how we've just had the Red Bull question and we're like, oh, it's a shame that the fast car got let through. And then this one, we're like, they should have let the fast car through. But it is the sensible decision to do that. But the fact that they just screwed, they did screw Danny Rick. So to say that he's encouraged the fact that he was on more Lando's pace, be a little discouraged by the fact that um, maybe they're, they showed their their probably starting to favour Lando more, which you can understand because at the end of the day, he's been the quicker driver all, all season. So that will probably be in his mind a little bit. You know, he did move to that team to try and be team leader and build something, and it's certainly not gone that way. What What's very interesting about the McLaren situation is how Lando Norris, we had a lot of comments on our Twitch stream about how he was behaving on the radio. And it is very interesting that it's very easy when you're not in the limelight or starting your career. Sebastian Vettel is a perfect example where, you know, you're this bantery, funny, haha, meme guy. Um, and then as soon as, you know, it gets to a situation where you want to win and you have to throw, you know, it's not a popular, Formula One's not a popularity contest. You've got to be there for yourself and you want to win and you don't care about, how it's perceived you've got to do what you've got to do to win and you know Lando basically saying like that he had the tactic before and now he's like no I want to overtake him and he clearly could he, he could have gone for a dive bomb there I think and and done it but probably thought be- better of it so um if they're if they're if they end up quite close to each other in a lot in the midfield they're going to just keep ruining each other's races here because I don't think that team result um, they did. They did not get the best team result there from that tactic at all. No, there's no way. Okay. Next question at Deakins eight. How was the duct tape legal? It's just, just F one things, isn't it? Really, if you get rid of the problem, doesn't really matter how you do it. That's essentially what the FIA. Um, I don't really know. I don't. I. I'm not. I'm not sure as to how the FIA have gone. Yeah, that's that's WH Smith grade duct tape you've got there. That's <laughs> That'll do. Um, and it wasn't even worth it because they didn't score any points anyway, did they? So, yes, yeah, a bit strange. Um, but maybe there'll be a review uh, coming into Canada as to what F1 teams are actually allowed to do when fixing problems. Because to be fair, Mercedes could have just, stuck down uh, Lewis Hamilton's headrest uh, in Baku 2017 or something or done something a lot quicker and less safe. Uh, but yeah, they interesting. They had to change it. The, it is quite sketchy of a, of a race of, of 
a track like Baku as well, where you're going 300 kph down a straight. You know, if that wing fails, that's horrendous. Like that is awful. Um, and when you're not even in the points, and there's only a few handful of laps to go, you do kind of wonder what's the point. I was just gutted for Sonoda to be honest, because he's mm. having a good good race. But I guess the argument is that the DRS flap. It was when it was opened was the problem and it was kind of only one of them opening. So they taped it down, but you still think tape on a rear wing is not, they, they do all these safety measures in formula one. And then they let a car go out of the pit lane for 10 laps doing 300 KPH down an enormous straight with a duct taped rear wing. Yeah. I can see why some people maybe are a little bit, is that really safe? <laughs> Very much so. We've actually seen it before, duct tape used on an F1 car. In 2016, when Ferrari used duct tape to repair Kimi's car during a red flag after the crazy um, lap one incident. So, yeah, it's a temporary solution. Provided us with a load of memes, but I totally agree with, like, should that be allowed? Mm, Probably not. Like, as brutal as it is, that probably well they got given the meatball flag or the black flag with an orange circle for like the actual proper term but everybody calls it a meatball meatball flag um but that probably was like a retire the car kind of moment rather than stick it down with tape and hope for the best next thing like in canada there'll be somebody with a bit of super glue some wd-40 like somebody just whack something with a hammer hope for the best like i feel that's where this is going to be going but yeah it's um i mean i guess if it worked it worked but certainly unusual thing to see on an f1 car it's just a bit of duct tape <laughs> yeah especially at such a such a place in the on the car as well it's uh, yeah. very strange at right least it tommy at least it wasn't yeah oh god forbid uh right tommy can you play <laughs> our next jingle please i've definitely just been scrambling for the last two minutes trying you to forgot. Find one. yeah because i forgot uh okay so i've got one from will broom in Melbourne, Australia. Hi guys, as soon as I heard the idea to make a jingle, this popped into my head. It's in the, this is a very long explanation. It's the key of G, which to most doesn't seem anything, but the chords are A, B, C, D, E, F, one, or G. Uh, So uh, I thought this jingle you'd appreciate and you have, (laughs) you have full permission to play it on the podcast. I certainly hope so. Um, (laughs) Hope you'll be, I hope you'd be able to share it. Thanks in advance. Please let me know what you think. Will. Okay, here we go. Play that again. It, I like it. It, it noise cancelled a tiny bit. Yeah. Easy, simple, simple, I like effective. It. I like it. Clever. It reminds me like of well the done. top of the pops theme tune or something. I don't know. Maybe just quite rocky. Yeah. Very boomery as well. Saying top of the pops, like oh, that's <laughs> top uh, of the pops. <laughs> top of the pops. Okay, well, welcome to ABCDF One, everybody. Um, let's dive straight into this, then, shall we? Let's start with uh, Lewis Hamilton, who ended up in P four. Um, I'm going to go with uh, uh, an A because he drove through all those problems and Mercedes put him in that car and it may have been his choice as well, but uh, it's a decent drive. Yeah, I think A. And some nice overtakes in there as well. Gone for a B. Of course you have. Knew it. Knew it. <laughs> such a hater. Clearly. You are um, such a hater. Yeah, it, was a good dr- it was a good drive, but it's 
qualified seventh. He's racing a bleep box, Tommy. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah, come on, okay. getting a bleep box to, to, to fourth is. Oh, is I mean, it, I guess he has confirmed the experimental floor now. No, it's a high B. Okay, we, well, it's we don't me. do. We don't do. Yeah. Okay, Katie. Still yeah. Ready? Okay, Still A for there. Hamilton. So jog on, Tommy. Uh, right, and uh, the, <laughs> the fans gave Hamilton an A as well. Oh, I am. I am awful. You are I? washed. Uh, George <laughs> Russell. That's a that's a very easy A. On it's his own easy A star. Sorry? A star. What else could he have done? Wow. No. A. Okay. <laughs> Same I think he would have Hamilton. finished P5. 25 had... seconds ahead of Hamilton. 25 yeah. seconds ahead of a seven-time Formula One world champion. And you're giving him the Hamilton same Hamilton was grade. coming through a lot of the field, so I wouldn't say it's okay. 25 seconds why, why was that? pace. Because he qualified lower. <laughs> yeah, and then he got brought out, didn't he, after the pit stop as well, and he was he got jumped by Vettel and things like that. I still think it's a, it's a I don't okay. think it's A star worthy because without the DNFs, he's finishing fifth and we're not giving him an mm. A star. Mm. I'm having a real dilemma now. I'm questioning every, <laughs> every decision in my life. I think I'm going to have to go. I don't think it's A star worthy because we saved that for like phenomenal, crazy. Like if he won, A star, even maybe P2. But uh, yeah, I'll go with an A, but it's a higher A than Hamilton's. But hey. I know that doesn't mean anything. I know. It's, it's an paper. A. Yeah, yeah it's, an this a. is why it gets annoying, isn't it? Where you want B yeah, pluses. Like, why can't you have A pluses and A minuses? Why don't you just bring it in? It's like, well, that just gets very confusing then. Um, and the fans gave Russell an A, so Tommy's washed again. Yeah. <laughs> right, Max Verstappen, A star. Interesting. I've gone A. <laughs> <laughs> He got out-qualified by his teammate and didn't uh, don't know if he would have won because of Leclerc. But he beat so, his teammate by 20 seconds, you said earlier in this podcast. And I know, that's quite, and quite Sergio defeat. Perez is not getting an A. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Tommy's um, on one. Yeah, A for Verstappen, in my, in my opinion. No, oh, that's fine. ABCD, <laughs> oh, this, is, this is like the disagree ABCD. Yeah. I'm enjoying this. Katie looks like she's literally yeah, another she's like, I know, she's you like, like, you just like don't know what to do now. I don't. I'm really stressing out. I don't know what to say. Um, I don't think it's A star. I think it's an A. But then I'm putting the same as everyone else. Everyone's just going to get an A. There you go. <laughs> Blanket yeah. A's across the board. I think it's a low A star, if there's anything to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, so we're giving Verstappen an A, and the fans gave him an A star. So... Interesting. Hey, I'm a Tommy's watched Verstappen again. hater. <laughs> Such a Verstappen hater. Uh, Sergio Perez. Uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to give him an A. He did this um, an A performance. It's an A worthy performance. Nice little start. B. Okay. <laughs> uh, are we giving him an A, Katie? Yeah. I'll give him an A as well. Yeah. Literally give yeah. everyone A's. Fans gave him an A, I'm sure. I'm going to have to mute Tommy in a minute from the w- Team WC1 live. Kick him out. Just be me and Katie doing WC1. Um, at so we gave him an A, and Perez got an A from the fans. Uh, Charles Leclerc. A. A, yeah, it's going to be an A. What more could he have done? He got pole. Not lost the lead. Not lost the lead at the start. Mm, yeah. True. But, mm, yeah, okay. Can't okay, give a. him a perfect. No, it might have been. It true. might have been. He might have won the race. Then it would have been an A star. 
but yeah alas we do not know sorry p you said not today oh wow thanks casey really appreciate <laughs> that uh so a for leclerc and an a from the fans carlos signs oh difficult oh god i nearly said i nearly said a grade and then was i about to was i about to regret it mm. said anyway no. whoa a low c yeah oh crikey i hit my Casey's camera, sorry. Um, <laughs> rage quit. <laughs> yeah. Um, Qualified fourth. Yeah, on I'm, I'm had no pace, even if he'd been in the race, he wasn't, wasn't sticking to them, was he? No, he was losing them, and it was going to get probably worse, I'd imagine. Just, uh, C. Yeah, C. You? Oh, no. I was going to go for a B. Mm. <laughs> You're allowed to disagree. I'll go with a B. I'll go with a B. Okay. Uh, so we give signs a C and the fans gave signs a B. Oh, does it deserve a C? No, changing it to a B. Yay. No, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't seventh and trailing. So, yeah, cool. Uh, B for signs and the fans gave him a B. Lando Norris. B? Yeah. A low B, yeah. Tommy's loving the low and highs today. Just, <laughs> I'm going to have to step in soon. <laughs> You're allowed to. Right I wish you could give minus, like B minus and stuff. But yeah, I think. Well, he's, maybe he's we scraping bring a B. Maybe we bring. We, maybe it's we so difficult it, because, like, it'll ruin a lot of the uh, graphs that get made for us. At the yeah, end can we do it yeah. from the start of 23 or something? Or maybe we have to do it at a score points. out of 100. Maybe or it has something, to be yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has to send new jingles. Oh, no. One, uh, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven. <laughs> B for Norris from us and a B from the fans as well. Daniel Ricardo, B. B as well. B. Yeah. yeah. B from us, B from the fans. Fernando Alonso. Uh, B. Um yeah, B. Maybe. Yeah, I'll give him a B as well. But he was very naughty over the weekend. Lots of things he was doing to put himself in trouble. I think Tommy yeah. tweeted a picture of a toilet and said, This is for Alonso or something along those lines. People didn't get that, that I find it funny and were calling me British bias and stuff. I, oh, for God's yeah. sake, really? Fuck. Yeah. No surprise standard, there. Standard stuff. Just standard Twitter, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, B for Alonso and B from the fans. Esteban Ocon. C. Was he even there C. this weekend? Yeah. Oh, so, Literally so, an, oh, so anonymous. Well, that's nice, but yeah. <laughs> I didn't see him all weekend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, go for a C. Yeah, like, C. as far as I know, he might not have been there. He's well, just okay. so... what, Casey? Jesus. Well, you did, what did you say that was amazing? Nothing. I know. Well, yes, why are we giving him a C? Yeah. <laughs> but I want more from SD Bestie. Come on. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. But you were like, was he even there? What's, What's he, he doing with his life? There? Come on. <laughs> uh, so C for Ocon and a C from the fans. Uh, Pierre Gasly, P5. That's an A. Lovely Gasly, yeah. Oh. Hmm. Is that his highest result of the year so far? I should have looked this right, way before is, the podcast. It was better yeah, than he did it, in one Is it an A star? Is it an A star? I'm giving him yes. an A star. Go for it. Why not? Okay. Okay, A star. Yeah, yeah ma- by miles. Before this is high. I qualified a map as well. Okay, yeah. yeah, A star for Gasly. Fair play to you all. Thank <laughs> you for that. Uh, so an A star from us and an A from the fans. Yuki Sonoda. 
I'm going to give him an A. I'm going to give him a D for duct tape. No, not really. Um, <laughs> uh, a, why not? <laughs> Tommy looked like he was shocked. Yeah. He was about to give him a B when he was I running was. in like sixth, wasn't he, or something? Or seventh, I think, like, yeah, I think a it's word. an A. It's a, it's a low A, high B. Yeah, no. Stop. Stop. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> fun boy. Yeah, so I'll just change my opinion. Uh, yeah, A. Just A. A from us and a B from the fans. Sebastian Vettel, A. Star. No, A. <laughs> star no, a. for the spin. No, star no, for the no, spin. No, no, literally. Yeah, literally. Yeah, A asterisk. <laughs> I, can't, I can't work out whether I want to give him more points for going yeah. off and spinning. We haven't really spoken about it. Some people are like, oh, we made a mistake. What's impressive about the spin turn? It's like, are you have you watched the spin turn? It's very cool. Yeah, did you watch Lando do a 20-point turn yeah. in practice? <laughs> well, it was like it was just pure racing. It was instant. instant. It was like instant. Bam. Gone. He lost probably about six seconds. My only criticism is it would have actually been safer if it had just pulled straight out in front of the uh Alpha Tari than wait and hesitate, and then he got quite close. Um, mm, that was dangerous. then he would have got then he would have got an A-star. Um, I don't think you would have given him an A star if he'd gone out if in front of Yuki's nerve and caused yeah. a crash. Okay, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> you, right. Yeah, um, a, for, I'm a, a, a for that. With, without the uh, the little mistake, it probably would have been an A star. P6 in that. Yeah, I'm giving it an no, A star. That's a, a great star. result. It's That's a great result. It. It? Absolutely. He managed to do one stop, didn't he? Like, managed to make those tyres last. What was that word that you <laughs> said? It's not like you were going to say Azerbaijan. You're Azerban. What was this? <laughs> I said he did, I think, one stop or something. I don't know what I said. <laughs> I need to go back and listen to it. Azaban! I was like, what? Okay. Uh, anyway, Esteban. yes. Esteban. 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 I was like, Esteban? Like, what? Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, okay. A-star, because it's an, an Aston Martin. I mean, yeah. fair play to him. Uh, yeah, A-star for Vettel and an A from the fans. Lance Stroll. <laughs> one of the worst qualifying performances we've ever seen. <laughs> Um, giving absolutely nothing yes. in those post-race interviews. Shock. When does he ever? Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. And then DNF. So I'm going to give him a D. Yeah, D. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay, D from us and D from the fans. Latifi. <laughs> well done for finishing, babe. Finished fifteenth. What a, what a result out of the fifteen runners. Yeah, it's, it's harsh that everyone blamed him for his incident at the start that wasn't his fault. Yeah, that yeah but then I guess he ignored blue flags again. Yeah, I'm but. gonna give Latifi um, a solid E. Yeah, an E for Latifi. He was 57 miles behind everyone else. <laughs> yeah, I've not, sure I don't think we've ever seen a man lack less, like lack more confidence than than this this man right now. Like he was sad. Let's let's not forget. Like in the last year, he was out qualifying Russell and doing some decent decent things. Yeah, he wasn't. Now yeah. he's getting absolutely smashed. <laughs> that is unfortunate. Yeah, I think it's going to have to be an E. Yeah, Latif E. E. <laughs> e. You're on. You're on some. You're on something today, aren't you, Katie? Uh, e <laughs> for Latifi and F from the fans. Alex Alban finished twelfth. C. B. Is, Another driver that's just so anonymous. Well, yeah. All the DNFs, he's, I, I think it's to the C personally. Yeah, I think it's a C. It's difficult when he's his benchmark. I mean, is people Latifi. behind him was Sonoda, yeah, Sonoda who, pit, who had an issue. Schumacher was just slow all weekend. I think a snail could have looked quicker than him. And Latifi, who was also the same. So, God. Yeah. God, this is a savage podcast today, huh? <laughs> 
I've been away for so long that I just need to yeah, get Katie all my Katie comes back. Where down. was Ocon? I didn't see him once. Mick Schumacher's a snail. I mean, I'd say that was generous for Mick Schumacher. Well. <laughs> oh, um, my God. Uh, Alban, yeah. I. Oh, yeah, it's probably a high C. Low B. <laughs> I'm going to slap you. You're doing this. You're, you're, you're just trying to wind me up, aren't you? Uh, okay, C... <laughs> C for Alban and a C from the fans. Uh, Valtteri Bottas, yeah, a bit of a quite anonymous, an actually. unknown yeah. one. Finished eleventh. I'm going to give him a C. Yeah, C. Yeah, C. Cool. And uh, the fans gave him a C as well. Guan Yu Zhou. He had just overtaken Bottas, hadn't he, when he DNF'd, and he was heartbroken. Uh, I think they're on slightly Bottas different, as well. yeah, different strategies. I'm going to mm. give him. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him an A because yes. he was Ooh. he was popping, you know. I'm so dis- I'm like so gutted for him because is that his third failure in four races? Something ridiculous, like something that. like yeah. that. He's got he's having absolutely no luck and he's not having a chance to prove himself at all. So, um, he gets he put a. in a yeah. Mm. I almost want to give him an A for that worldy. Top ten. Do you remember the Q1 lap where it was like four? Yeah. 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 Okay. That's crazy. Hey, yeah. We don't base much on qualifying, but he did amazing <laughs> in Q1. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A for show. Just and... give him a confidence boost. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm sure he listens. And a yeah. B from the fans. K Mag. B. He was on the outskirts of points, wasn't he? <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm going to go with a B. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Gonna be a good drive, but had a fry power unit. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a bit unfair. Very unfair. So, yes, yeah, C. Well, oh, no, C. B, sorry. B, okay, sorry. B. I got thrown. B from uh, B from us and a C from the fans. Uh, Mick Schumacher, E. Mm, e. Yeah, it's a low E, isn't it? Um, oh God, he's so bad at the moment. It's such a shame. But he doesn't even know he's doing just... it now, does he, Katie? He doesn't even know he's doing it. He's just. No. Yeah, it's an E for Mick. We said it on the watch along, didn't we? We had that realization of how far behind he was when Magnuson was. Um, uh, and I will say it again, mixed pace just shows that Mazepin must have been the worst Formula One driver in existence because Mick absolutely <laughs> annihilated him. Yeah. And Mick is not has been he said didn't as he bad this as Latifi, if not maybe even worse. Um, yeah, he said, "Oh, I need I need another year to get." To grips oh. with this car because I was like, babe, everyone's Mick in the same boat as you, honey. Like, yeah, just everyone is in the same boat. Just give me a year, give me a year, give me a year. Um, no, sling your rook, you're gone. It's funny because, oh, savage, <laughs> but true. Um, it is funny that everyone said, like, they gave him that first year and went, no, this is his year. And then now he's been terrible, and everyone goes, no, no, this is his first New year. Regs. It's yeah, just, it's it's just year. It's just Schumacher excuses. And I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, it's contract runs out at the end of this year. That's all I'm going to say. Mm, yeah, it's going to be, be gonna amazed be... if he does, if he stays, to be honest. Well, who, I mean, that's a whole different podcast of who they would bring in. Yeah, exactly. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, we'll guys. save that. Uh, yes, yeah, so E from us and a D from the fans. Let's now reflect on our Baku predictions. I went for Perez wins again. He did not. He was winning the race. He won at our one hearts. Point, though. Uh, so <laughs> lap one. So I get one fifty tooth of a point. Fifty tooth. <laughs> Second. One fifty. What the fuck is that? 
<laughs> so weird. Um, and uh, another bad weekend for Mick Schumacher, and that is a hundred percent a point. Uh, yeah, and we just yeah. all gave him like an E, so I think yeah, that's I think that's fair. So one yeah. point for me, Katie. How's yours? I gone? said two red flags in qualifying, and I think one. it was only one. Yeah, yeah so one. that's a shame. And I said science win. <laughs> That's great. Science won our hearts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally. And I won. I got for Leclerc win. So mm, no. So we all went for everyone winning apart from Verstappen. Um, and then I went for no crashes at the castle section all weekend. Are we including just Formula One or are we including F2? <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, you didn't yeah. specify it. You said uh, no oh, crashes. Oh, sorry. All yes, I weekend. forgot. We, we always do our Porsche Supercut predictions. Um, <laughs> no, just Formula Two, actually. <laughs> So you're telling me that there's a later fan prediction, which is a surprise winner. So is that if you know, yeah, if if someone wins the Porsche Supercup, we're like, oh, Absolutely. yes, actually. Uh, OK, yeah, I'll, yeah. Start, I'll start claiming some of them later in the season. Yeah. <laughs> OK, well done for the point, Tommy. Congratulations, even though yeah, it's well yeah, not technically true. Fans, Rasmus one. Leclerc wins the F1 race. Well, it could be Arthur. Could, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it could be Arthur. Yeah. Uh, fans, uh, Rasmustoff, one of the Red Bull cars break down a DNF. Nope. The Panchand, Daniel finally outperforms Norris. Yes. Oh, oh I guess, yeah. Outperformed. Half a point. He's gone. They've gone very different. Yeah, yeah learn. Half a point mm, because technically point. probably wasn't outperforming him in terms of pace. Uh, Mega versus Primus. Yeah. Sorry. Katie. No, no, I'm just trying to think of a way around it. But yeah, I think half points there. Yeah. Mega versus Bri- <coughs> Mega versus Primus, a surprising winner. Well, technically, Verstappen's never actually won in Baku. So is that a surprising winner? No, sorry. Yeah. Same points. No, no one saw Leclerc getting Paul and Verstappen winning coming. Well, we didn't. None of us predicted <laughs> Deja it. Vu. I did you in the main one. Leclerc win. You sacrificed a point just so that he DNF'd your disgrace. Uh, Canada know. predictions. My two are Sebastian Vettel scores points again and Leclerc win. Brave. Gonna have to. I just have to. I have to just go what, all Keep my eggs in one basket now. Okay. Come on. I can't. And actually, whilst we're speaking about jinxes and eggs and etc. Um, <laughs> eggs? Where are we speaking and about eggs. eggs? Oh, I said all eggs in one basket. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so if you follow us on TikTok, if you don't, go follow us. Um, Leclerc has not won a race since I did that stupid dance with you, Katie. Sorry. Uh, well, that you recorded uh, for the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix, where I said, Oh, uh, what, <laughs> excuse You were like, Excuse me, what are you listening to? And I was like, What well, I'm going to hear this weekend. And it was the Italian national anthem. And he hasn't won since. That's quite cursed. That's quite. We'll a... do, we're meeting up this week. <laughs> Plot so twist, we'll do yeah. a Verstappen yeah. one. Yeah. Got a meeting. On Thursday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's do that. Let's see if it works. Let's do it. Let's go against yeah. the Grace Onesie. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. going to say plot twist. It wasn't the Grace Onesie. It was that all along the TikTok. <laughs> Delete the TikTok immediately. Right, Tommy. Tommy, what's yours? No, Katie, what's yours? Mine is somebody crashes at the Wall of Champions, which yeah, we'll have to wait and see. And then more drama the for the Ferrari power units. I'm not saying names. Here's the someone. Okay. Come on. At any point in the weekend. Any okay. point of the weekend for the rest of time. Yes. So, and are we specifying Formula One? Uh, is there a is there a tuk tuk race there? At some point? <laughs> um, it might just be. Everyone depends if it comes true or not. We'll have to, yeah, have to exactly. Got to be vague, you know. Wait, have you finished? Yeah. Sorry, did you say more? Uh, pa- uh, sorry, more I drama for. Oh, sorry, more drama for Ferrari power units. Cool. Good. No. Um, 
I've gone for Alonso top five in quali. And I've gone for this will be the first race that Russell is out of the top five in the race. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's got to end at some point. <laughs> I'll let it slide. Yeah, uh, fans, Abishi532-11473. We might see a first-time winner considering some drivers have got their first wins at Canada. Xgrec, Leclerc pole position and not winning. Shock on. Ouch. Tell Tommy Tommy, can, yeah, I was going well, to say To be fair, half the predictions were that. So yeah, good. I just put one of them in. Because there was that incredible stat now that Verstappen has converted more Leclerc poles than Leclerc has converted to Leclerc poles. So that's that quite pay, the stat. That too. is the most damning stat, I think. Horrific. That just shows that Leclerc really does drive a, an S box and makes the most of it in qualifying. It's just going to get to the point where. It, uh, would be doing quality watch longs to Claire get a pole and just start crying instead of celebrating. <laughs> no, not another pole. Stop <laughs> making the record worse. Uh, Thomas Phipps, 12, Vettel, top five. There you go. Mm, well, nice. What a, what a set of, well, that will actually work nicely with my prediction, uh, Thomas. So hopefully it comes true. Right, that is it for the WTF1 podcast for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. I got through the entire thing without crying, despite some of your poking and jabbing. Tommy, final thoughts? Final thoughts. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the Canadian Grand Prix. No, that's ages. mine! I knew, and I knew it would be Katie, so when I'm you said it was first. I'm looking forward to the next race. Yeah. No, just the fact that we've not been to Canada for ages. I like the Canadian All right. Grand Prix. So, there you go. Okay, since 2019. Yeah, I, I love Canada. I think it's a great, great track. I can't, I can't believe the last race there was the infamous battle switching the, the boards. Yeah. But what's Katie thinks that we've just gone off air? She's just yeah. like, no, no, I'm back, finding, I had a final thought. I ha, I ha, I'm trying to think of a good final thought. And She's I googling, can I have a Siri? Give me a, <laughs> give me a final, final thought. Thoughts? What's your final thought, Katie? Do that. Say Siri, I... give me a final thought and see what it says. Oh, no. Let's keep it PC. Siri. <laughs> hey, Siri. Give me a final thought. It just says, I'm not sure I understand. Why is it not speaking? Oh. Well, that's usually a lot of yeah, both of your brains whenever I ask you for a final yeah. thought. So I do have a final thought, but I just need to figure it out. No, Hold this on. is not how it works. <laughs> no, no, it got Copyright. You don't, you don't know. This is not how final thoughts work, Katie. You don't open up your blooming journal no, and I, start I need, I need to. I need to get it because it tells me more information about it. It's quite a cool final thought. <laughs> this is fun. This is the longest final thought. Why do you keep playing playing. music? (laughs) I wanted wanted to cry. Right, so my my final thought was in Baku this weekend, there was an all-women's sector of marshals at one point in the track, and it says Baku um, has one of the highest number of female officials at the event, and this year is the first time an all-lady team is featured at the Grand Prix. They were decked out in pink overalls, like think Racing Point Pink, um, in support of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So keep an eye out for them today at post 16.2. Today, and there's some really... Happened. Sorry, I'm reading from... <laughs> <laughs> Not really a final thought, is there, when you're just reading an Instagram caption? It literally just... That's oh, someone well, else's I'm so thought. sorry. Mine wasn't, I'm happy for Canada. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because it was, was going to a... be yours. <laughs> yes, I know. That was a lovely thing. It's a cool thing. Sure. It's a nice little... I didn't... I, that thing, The TV director missed that, though, because I didn't, didn't see them. If they're uh, decked yeah. in pink, it would have been nice to... I guess we didn't really oh. have any incidents yeah. for them to run on track and 
maybe needed something to happen on turn 16 but one um, thing that was weird sorry was that at the end of the race that just reminded me of something that they were waving the azerbaijan grand prix and we thought it was a blue flag for danny rick do you remember that because they were because they're just doing the bit at the end where they're like yeah but they're obviously still racing and imagine if danny rick had gone oh blue flag oh no yeah that (laughs) would have been been very strange um cool well Katie, let's talk about things like that during the podcast. That's not a final thought. That does not classify as a final thought. Yeah, right down More the sheet happy. next time. Yeah, that's I in the sheet. I thought that was a nice thing no. to end on. Oh, no, no, it's a lovely thing to end on, but Wish. memorize it, okay? We don't need you, you know, popping up your music and bouncing jamming to some tunes. Well, it was lovely. Um, so thank you, Katie, for sharing that. And uh, thank you to Tommy for giving us the most just generic thing ever. My final thought is, uh, Ferrari fans, my thoughts go out to you. And I hope that with it being race week again, we can move on very quickly to some more disappointment when we don't win again and Verstappen wins again. But yeah, hopefully that's now combated the grace onesie. And I've now anti-jinxed and all kinds of crazy stuff. Let's see. Uh, Tommy, you look like you're about to say something. You look like you were looking up something very interesting. You can't look things up for final thoughts. Yeah, exactly. I was seeing if Ferrari of won much in Canada just out of curiosity oh, just, but no they have so I was hoping to be like well they've not won there in ages but no they have they won in 2018 and cool, you just wanted deserve to, to win in 2019 I really appreciate that thanks Tommy well uh, it's been brilliant this is probably the longest uh, ending to a W Super <laughs> podcast we've ever had that's all thanks to Katie uh, and uh, we will see you <laughs> we've been demonetized as well for all the music yeah. she kept playing. oh it played what, two seconds it was Kate Bush running up that this, hill yeah the Stranger Things song Ah, interesting. I still need to finish that. Anyway, hashtag WTF1 podcast if you want to get involved in the discussion and join Team WTF1 if you want to watch this live. Team WTF1 have very much enjoyed uh, all of this chaos. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. Give us five stars, great feedback, whatever you want to do on whatever platform you are watching on or listening on. And we'll see you, well, not, not long until we have the Canadian Grand Prix. So we'll see you there. Bye. I'm looking forward to it. Canadian Grand Prix. Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. I wonder why. Our hands are kind of in sync. That's quite cool. Oh, my God. My camera's in sync. Oh, no, you had to ruin it. Bye.